Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Hey, friends and faithful listeners, happy Tuesday, and thank you so much for tuning in with me to the P40 Ministries podcast. I am Jen, the host of the P40 Ministries podcast, and we are going to be talking about Matthew chapter 23 today, verses 13 through 28. So we have quite a bit to read today, so let's go ahead and just jump right in. I will be reading out the WEB version this morning, so grab your coffee and your Bible, and let's go ahead and start reading. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and as a pretense you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you don't enter in yourselves, and neither do you allow those who are entering in to enter. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel around by sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much the son of Gehenna as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obligated. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gift on it, he is obligated? You blind fools, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? He, therefore, who swears by the altar, swears by it and everything on it. He who swears by the temple, swears by it and by him who has been living in it. And he who swears by heaven, swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tie the mint, dill, and cumin, and have left undone the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. But you ought to have done these, and not to have left the other undone. You blind guides who strain out a gnat, and yet swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of extortion and unrighteousness. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the platter, that its outside may become clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitened tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but inwardly are full of dead man's bones and of all uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. I like to call this chapter the woe chapter, (laughs) because basically Jesus is giving all these woes to these Pharisees, and not W-O-A-H, but W-O-E, and woe means to, you know, almost condemn these people. So in verse 13, we talk about the first woe, and actually this one is not in every version of the Bible, I realized. This particular one is actually found, I believe, in John was it? Um, And it wasn't in the early manuscripts of Matthew. I don't exactly know how it ended up being in Matthew, but some versions of the Bible don't even have it in there. So it just depends. Now, the WEB version does have it in there, and that's why I wanted to read it, not just in the WEB, but also in the NLT, which the NLT does not have it in there. So your Bible might be a little bit different depending on which version you have, but we'll still talk about it because it's still implied, basically. And so Jesus says here, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, uh, for you devour widows' houses, and as a pretense you make long prayers. 
therefore you will receive greater condemnation. Basically, he is calling these Pharisees and these scribes and these religious teachers of the time hypocrites. Now, this word hypocrite was a Greek word, and it actually meant a play actor. And so it's not the same word we think of when we say, oh, you're such a hypocrite to somebody. Nowadays, when we say that, we're saying that that person is doing the same exact thing that they are judging us for. But that's not what Jesus is saying these, these Pharisees are doing. He's calling them play actors. Though in a sense, yes, the Pharisees did do things that um, other people were condemned for and they didn't think anything of it. And yes, that was the, the truth as well. But when Jesus is calling these Pharisees hypocrites, he is calling them play actors, meaning that they are just playing a part. They are pretending to be super religious when in actuality they are nothing but, but sons of hell is basically what Jesus says. So in this first woe, in verse 13 of the WEB version, he says, you devour widows' houses and as a pretense you make long prayers. Basically, these Pharisees would go around and cheat widows out of their own properties. But then they'd make these long prayers and give so much gold and so much of this and that to the temple and to God and everything and think that they were completely 100% righteous. And yet God saw every single thing that they did. And even though the Pharisees liked to hide the fact that they were stealing widows' properties, God still knew and obviously Jesus knew what these hypocritical Pharisees were doing. They were doing something so evil, yet pretending to be these righteous, uh, holy people. And yet they were cheating widows out of their own houses and making these poor widows that had nothing homeless. So it says here, Jesus says that these hypocrites, these Pharisees will receive greater condemnation because of this, because they are pretending to be so righteous. So then in verse 14, there's another woe. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, and you don't even enter yourselves, and you don't allow anyone else to enter. And that's what they were doing. Jesus was the Messiah. He was the one who was coming down to save everyone. And people should have been excited about him coming. You know, he was the prophesied Messiah. The Pharisees should have been ecstatic that Jesus was there, but they were not. They were jealous of Jesus. They didn't actually want him. They didn't really want the Messiah in the way that they, that Jesus was the Messiah. I don't know what they wanted. Maybe perhaps some of them really didn't even want the Messiah. I don't know. But Jesus is saying that because they are refusing to accept the gospel of the Messiah or of Jesus or of himself, basically, they are shutting the doors to heaven on themselves and on everyone else who listens to the Pharisees. He says that they, the Pharisees don't even enter into the kingdom of heaven themselves and they, they are trying to get people not to enter also. And then he talks in verse 15 about another woe. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you travel around by sea and land to make one proselyte, and then when he becomes one, you make him twice as much the son of Gehenna as yourselves. Now this is a very, um, these are some fighting words Jesus is saying here. He's, he's insulting these Pharisees because they go out and they try to um, evangelize to, to people who were Greeks and to Romans and whoever else. The, these people were called proselytes. So a proselyte was someone who was a Gentile who wanted to start becoming Jewish. And they would have to go through the ceremonial um, circumcision and they'd have to start following the law completely. 
And these Pharisees were so excited when this happened, obviously, because they have another person who now agrees with them and practically worships them and all sorts of other things. In fact, there was something I was reading on, I can't remember which website it was, but they were saying that the Pharisees were not actually interested in gaining these proselytes to help them get into the kingdom of heaven, kind of like what Jesus just said, but rather they were excited because they now had somebody on their side. Another Gentile came to their side and believed their viewpoints and opinions and stuff like that. So we have to be careful of that. We have to be very careful of nowadays uh, infusing our opinions, our personal opinions in with the church and making our own opinions the gospel in a sense. And and that does happen, unfortunately, in so many different cases. And so we, we have to be very careful because Jesus here is condemning these Pharisees basically for doing the exact same thing. So we have to be careful in our church that we only spread the gospel and not anything else that has nothing to do with the gospel, but uh, we condemn those people if they don't agree with that particular opinion or something like that. So that is something we have to be very careful of. And so right here it says that Jesus is talking about these, these Pharisees that would go and make these proselytes, but then once this proselyte becomes a Jew, Jesus is saying that these Pharisees make this poor proselyte twice as much of a son of Gehenna as themselves. Gehenna was the word for hell back then. So Jesus is saying that these Pharisees are making these these poor Gentiles twice the son of hell as they are themselves. Because they are not actually trying to push them into the kingdom of heaven. Like Jesus was just saying, they are not caring about this this Gentile person that's uh, converting to Judaism. They don't care. They, they only want more people to worship them. So not only are these Pharisees causing these Gentiles to follow something untruthful, like an untrue faith, but they are also almost wishing for these, these Gentiles to practically worship them. So now these Gentiles are following an untrue faith and also following these Pharisees that truly could care less about them, unfortunately. So after this, it says that Jesus is saying, Woe to you, you blind guides who say, Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obligated. I had to look this one up because I didn't understand this. This was a cultural thing. Back then, the Pharisees would basically tell people that um, if you swear an oath by the temple, you're not actually obligated to keep that oath. But if you swear an oath by the gold of the temple, then you are obligated to keep that oath. This is absolutely absurd. And Jesus is calling it out for what it is. It's stupid. And so and Jesus is like, you blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? So he's he's saying to these Pharisees, and you know, these Pharisees probably were around at this point too. You know, Jesus is talking to a multitude here, and I am sure there were Pharisees sitting around listening to him and just seething in anger. But so Jesus is saying, you know, you you blind fools, what's better, gold or the temple that God himself lived in? Which, which is better? And so then he says, 
you also say, whoever swears by the altar, it's nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that is on the altar, then you are obligated to keep your oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gift that is on the altar or the altar that sanctifies the gift? So Jesus is saying, like, first off, you have it all wrong. Secondly, you shouldn't be making any oaths to begin with because you can't keep them. And thirdly, um, actually, I think Jesus even says somewhere, don't don't keep don't make oaths. Or was it Paul that said that? I'm sorry, I'm getting that one mixed up. But there is definitely a verse in the Bible that says, don't make an oath. Actually, it was Jesus that said that. I think that was in Matthew 5. Jesus said, don't don't make oaths at all. Just say yes or say no. And so um, this was this was to keep people from making these elaborate oaths to God and being legitimately unable to keep them because that's what people do all the time. I can't say that in my lifetime I haven't made a dumb oath to God. A few times I have. And uh, it, it's just, it's not a good thing to do because most of the time we cannot keep these oaths. And then we end up lying to God and committing a sin when we inevitably break these oaths. Now, the Pharisees back then would use this, this thing that they would tell people like you can swear by the temple and it will mean nothing then if you accidentally break your oath then don't worry about it you're all clear but if you swear by the gold in the temple you have to keep that oath and then then you then you are for sure going to keep it or something like that this was a way for the pharisees to get people to keep oaths or just to not make them i think i don't know but one way or the other it was really dumb and they should have just said what jesus said they should have told the people just don't make oaths and actually in the in the levitical law there's a whole whole chapter on oaths and making them and uh, how people really can't keep them even in Levitical times but God gives grace to everybody and God gives grace to those people who who make oaths and uh, kind of can't keep them but he also gives grace to people who do make oaths and are able to keep them but one way or the other Jesus is basically saying just don't bother making oaths and so he says here that it's ridiculous for these Pharisees to say that you can swear on the temple and it means nothing because God at one point lived in that temple. And he's also saying it's ridiculous that they're saying that you can swear by the altar and that means nothing because the altar sanctifies your gifts. It makes your gifts to God pure. So why would you ever swear by those two things and not keep your oaths? And so then he says also, if you swear by heaven, that is where God sits and you better keep that oath if you swear by heaven that uh, you're going to do something. So after this, he says to the Pharisees, there's two more here we're going to talk about. I'm sorry, three more we're going to talk about, but two of them are kind of the same. Uh, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin. I had to look up how to say that. I was going to say cumin, but (laughs) I think it's cumin. And I don't use that spice very often, if ever. I'm not a very good cook. But uh, I did not know how to pronounce cumin. But anyway, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and you have left undone the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. But you ought not to have done these things and not to have left the other undone. So what Jesus is basically saying here is he's calling the Pharisees play actors again. You know, they are taking mint out of their little tiny gardens, their little herb gardens, which they didn't need to tithe from. They're taking mint and dill and cumin and giving a tenth of their itty bitty little herb gardens and making this big show like, look how righteous I am by tithing even the smallest amount of what I have. And and Jesus is saying, but yet 
you, you leave out the big matters. Jesus often talks about Hosea 6, verse 6. We've, we've talked about that one quite a bit, where it says God does not desire sacrifices, but he desires mercy and love and all sorts of other things. So now basically Jesus is saying that these Pharisees are tithing the idiest, bittiest little amounts of everything they own, but they don't love people. They're not merciful. They don't care. They are not doing what Hosea 6 verse 6 says to do, which is to love other people. And then Jesus says, you are all blind, you Pharisees, because you you strain out a gnat and yet you swallow a whole camel. And now people would have laughed at that. That would have been a very funny statement. Because when you strain out gnats from, from a drink, you're getting those impurities out of the drink. But they're, they're sitting here straining out these itty bitty little gnats. Maybe one or two out of a huge jug of whatever. But yet they're swallowing a camel. So this would have been a hilarious statement, and probably people were chuckling at everything Jesus was saying about these Pharisees. Maybe people at the time was, were starting to understand how these Pharisees really acted, and I think that the Pharisees were getting more and more angry the, the longer Jesus was continuing with this speech. But anyway, it says that they're swallowing camels because they're not even looking at what they are swallowing, and they're just looking at these itty, tiny, bitty little gnats out of their cups, but yet they're swallowing a whole camel. So after this, we're going to talk about two more, and these are basically the same. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within you are full of extortion and unrighteousness, selfishness and greed, and all sorts of stuff like that. You blind Pharisees, first clean out the inside of the cup and of the platter that the outside may become clean also. Basically, Jesus is saying that they are filled with extortion and unrighteousness, which means selfishness and greed and everything like that. And uh, But the outside of the cup looks great. You know, maybe it's a pretty cup. Maybe it's a silver cup. It looks so clean. It looks so nice. But then you go inside and you look at that cup. I'm, I'm literally looking at the inside of my coffee cup right now, as if you guys can see me doing this demonstration. Okay, I'm looking at the outside of my coffee cup right now, and it looks so clean and nice. But the inside of it, <laughs> it's empty, yet there's, there's a bunch of coffee uh, lines at the bottom of it. Now, I wouldn't want to put water in this. That'd be nasty. It'd be like coffee flavored water I'd want to clean this cup out and then use it but yet Jesus is saying you know they clean the outside of the cup and they're basically you know the the cup looks so nice but then on the inside of them they're just filled with all sorts of garbage and so then he says the same thing here uh, woe to you scribes and Pharisees you hypocrites you are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear so beautiful but on the inside you're full of dead man's bones and you're filled with uncleanliness it's the same thing you know a whitewashed tomb it's going to look super pretty. It's going to look real clean, like it, somebody just painted it freshly. And, you know, the rocks and the landscapes all around it look so nice. But then you open that door to the tomb, and then you get the smell of all the dead that are sitting and rotting away in that tomb. And that's what Jesus is basically saying here. You appear righteous on the outside, but inwardly you are filled with hypocrisy and iniquity. So that's what the end of what we're going to talk about today. And I won't go too much longer because we are over time. But definitely join me on Thursday and we'll discuss the rest of this chapter. Uh, these chapters of Jesus with the Pharisees are just so interesting to me. I really enjoy talking about these ones. But uh, we'll talk more about that on Thursday. Join me then at 6 a.m. But until then, happy listening and God bless. God bless.